the tobacco I left for him. I know he is looking... I won't forget, Shana promised. She closed the carriage door herself, although there was a footman waiting to do it, and waved until her father was out of sight. With a deep sigh, she walked back into the house. There were beautiful flowers in the hall, and vases filled with them in the drawing room. The mere sight of flowers always made her feel happy. She told herself that while her father was away, she would have more time to spend in the garden. She would miss him so much, but at the same time, the old servants who had been with her family for years would look after her. She had grown used to being alone. She was, in fact, quite honest when she said that she did not really enjoy being with other people. Anyone looking at her would have thought it was an extraordinary statement from a girl who was so beautiful. Her mother had been a beauty in her time, and her father was a very handsome man. It was, therefore, not surprising that Shana had inherited much of their looks. Perhaps fate had added the rest. Her hair was her most unusual feature. Although it was very fair, there were touches of gold which shone in the sunshine, sometimes in a way that was almost blinding for those looking at her. Her eyes should have been blue, but instead they were the green and gold of a spring which ran through the gardens and into the small lake at the far end by the wall. She had a small heart-shaped face. There was something about Shana which made her stand out, not only from other girls of her age, but also from women who were much older. She loved reading and could play the piano extremely well. She enjoyed, above all, the discourse and arguments she had with her father. They discussed everything new which appeared in the newspapers and everything old in the history books. One activity they especially enjoyed together was finding some new volume for the family library, which had been started by Lord Hallam's great-grandfather and added to by every succeeding generation. The Hallams had originally lived in Huntingdonshire, and then, conveniently, as far as the present head of the family was concerned, they had moved to Hertfordshire, so as to be near to London. It was certainly a blessing for Shana's father, as he could leave his office in Whitehall and drive to the country in about two hours. "'Now what shall I do?' Shana asked herself, and then she remembered the last words her father had said to her. Bob Grimes kept an ancient public house in the small village which lay at the bottom of their drive. He was now an old man, and had known her father ever since he was a boy. Lord Hallam thought it rather touching that he admired him so overwhelmingly, and he never forgot his birthday or any other anniversary which occurred during the year. Even if his lordship was in some foreign parts, a card would come from Bob Grimes. His name would be scrawled rather untidily at the bottom of it, as he could not write very well. When he took over the public house called the Rose and Crown, it had been his wife who had managed everything for him, and she had made it very much more attractive to casual visitors than it had ever been. It was possible, thanks to Mrs. Grimes, for customers to partake of the luncheon or supper at the Rosencrown, and when there was a wedding in the village, there was nowhere else where the reception could be held. I will go and see Bob at once, Shana told herself. She knew that the old man would be very interested to know, if he had not been told already, that her father had gone abroad again. It was a lovely day, despite the fact that it was the beginning of October, and Shana did not need a heavy coat, and was warm enough in the dress she was wearing. 
One of her father's dogs, who would never leave his side, attached himself to her, and they walked down the drive of ancient oak trees. She was carrying the tobacco which her father had brought down from London. He often gave some to old Bob when he remembered. It was a special tobacco that could not be bought in the village, and Bob would enjoy every puff of it in his large pipe. Shana walked through the lodge gates, which were both occupied by pensioners who had worked on the estate, and it was just a short walk to the beginning of the village. First, there was just the thatched cottages, some of them black and white, which were very picturesque. And next, there was the shop, which had for sale almost everything that anyone could want. On the other side of the road, there was the village church, which had been there since Norman times, and a little further on was the village green. Facing it was the Rose and Crown, which was also a delightful black and white building with a tiled roof and a large stable yard.